Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is And hard. we're back. Welcome to the Life is Hard podcast. Well, it's hard. You know, it's mm-hmm. been, it's, I tell you what, I don't, I have, I have mixed feelings about this year because I've been not super busy with work. So it's kind of not been that hard for me, but by the same token, it's been hard in a different way. Well, maybe it's not been hard for you, but listen to the stories, man, that we talk about. Well, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have been going through, through hell. I, yeah, I, I guess that's part of it. You, know, you got to be careful because, you know, my perspective obviously is not at all the average person's. But, well, I mean, there's even average person or not average person. I mean, just there's just life is full of shit. You know, maybe that would have been a better title for the podcast. There's shit everywhere. Every day there's shit here, there's shit there, and shit all over the place. Just well, shit, that shit, just shit. that just sounds messy. That's just like <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, uh, we could talk about tiny black holes maybe. They're, That's fitting, right? That's a good segue from shit everywhere to tiny black holes. Well, they might swallow up the shit. You know, I don't know. Um, there <laughs> there is there is a the guy. Shit, probably. I read this a while ago. There was a guy who was uh, hypothesizing that maybe the dark matter that we can't find <laughs> is actually a lot of black holes, little tiny black holes. And when he says tiny black holes, he's talking really tiny, like super tiny, like like size, size of a pinhead. Maybe smaller than that. It might be like the smallest possible thing you could have. Because anyway, the the for some reason or other, I mean, this guy's a serious cosmologist or physicist or something, so he's not just joking around. But uh, but yeah, he explained how there's this theory that there could be these tiny black holes, and if that were the case, if there were many of them scattered around the universe, it could explain the mass that we can't can't find right we've got we've got dark matter and we've got dark energy and nobody can find the dark matter so well it's because it's dark well it's true yeah it's it's like um i don't know just just recently i read that uh, some black hole in the galaxy swallowed up a neutron star and then uh and then they they said hey you know don't do that again right because like you can't just go around swallowing neutron stars and then within 10 days it swallowed another one disobedient black hole yeah insubordinate but how do you punish a black hole i mean anything you get close to it it Mm. swallows shine a light at it (laughs) there you go (laughs) it'll suck in the light take that i mean you know if (sighs) she swallows anything you put close to her that's what i've heard that's what she said huh it's pretty convenient Anyway, yeah, the only thing that escapes, uh, well, nothing escapes. That's why they've got the event horizon. Even light can't escape the black hole. So the, the black hole basically just sucks everything into it, right? Well, but they don't usually just suck up an entire neutron star and then suck up another one. T- I mean, you'd think it would take its time about digesting these things or something. I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> I know. You'd, so- ra- you'd rather it spit? Yeah. <laughs> spit it back up. No, I'm saying if 
if there's little tiny black holes all over the place, wouldn't they all be pulling things into their gravitational whatever's going on there and then get bigger? Well, but that's why and we eventually take over everything. Well, the guy explained that. That's why they're super, super tiny black holes. They're like the tiniest possible. But but the point But of, they would be getting bigger, right? Not necessarily, because these things are Apparently so small, and he, and he, I guess he's assuming that they're out in space or something. They're not like here among us, or something. I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and reread it because it was somewhat technical. But I, I will say this, and that's that uh, the whole point of dark matter is that there is mass, right? So there is this gravitational force because of the matter that we can't find, and that's why we know it exists. So if they were sucking things into them, as in they had a gravitational pull, that would be expected. That's part of what we expect from this matter. So sure, but doesn't that make them bigger? Is my question. I guess. And in they, that case, if they collected material, um, yeah. But but he was saying that these tiny black holes are so tiny, they're like electron sized. They're just they're just really there's some. He had some explanation for how they happen, and and there's some theoretical possibility there, but. Right, but you know that thing about where if you start with a penny and then doubled it every day for a month, like at the end, it's some ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. You would think the black hole would follow the same, you know, even if it's the size of less than a pinhead or size of an electron, as it pulls stuff in and grows, at some point, it's going to start, you know, the bigger it gets, the more stuff it sucks in, the bigger it gets, right? So it's going to like... I think Correct. you should. I think you should ask the guy about his theory because I. I believe you're right. We should have him on the podcast. Oh, that's a good idea. All right. Note to self: Ask the black hole guy to come on the podcast. That, or we could just ask Google. We could. Yes. Google has a Wikipedia has an entry for a micro black hole, also called quantum. Mechanical black holes or mini black holes or hypothetic, hypothetically tiny black holes for which quantum mechanical effects play an important role. The concept that black holes may exist that are smaller than stellar mass was introduced in 1971 by Stephen Hawking. Of course. It is possible that such quantum primordial black holes were created in the high-density environment of the early universe or possibly through subsequent phase transitions. They might be observed by astrophysicists through the particles they are expected to emit by Hawking radiation. Anyway, it's, uh, they don't have, I mean, I'm sure if I read this whole thing, it'll explain, but it says minimum mass of a black hole. There's this whole section on minimum mass of a black hole. Um, It's super small. It's 10 to the minus 8th kilograms. Concentrate mass in space. The escape velocity from the region, which is concentrated, exceeds the speed of light. So anyway, it just has to suck in light, that's all. Okay. Yeah. They're kind of the opposite of the uh Muse song, super massive black hole, super massive black hole. But these aren't super massive. They're actually super tiny black hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Stephen Hawking, mm. I I you know, the guy came up with a lot of strange stuff. So, do you know you mentioned Google a minute ago, and like I was confused. I thought you were going to ask Google to be on the podcast, is what you meant. But um, speaking of Google, they're opening a store. Did you know that? Google's opening a store, like a physical like, store, like Apple yeah. stores. Exactly. 
Huh, what are they going to sell? I don't know. <laughs> but they're opening one in New York. I saw that, so wow. I imagine they will be well, I mean, they have co- Google coming phones. to a city nowhere near you anytime soon. Right, they have Google phones. They have Google, mostly Google software, right? I mean, they don't really have a lot of, well, wait, wait, what is the... I mean, I they use it for the search engine, and they have like the office type stuff, sheets, and yeah, but it's all software slides, right? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, they have self-driving cars. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what they would sell at the Google Store, or maybe it's just like a tech place. You know, they have like the Google geeks that'll fix your Google stuff. Well, the good news know. is they're going to employ people. Yeah, I guess if anybody needs to. Buy Google stuff. Right. Well, someone has to man the store whether anybody buys anything there or not. Well, that's true. Yeah. Huh. So there you go. Um, yeah, I would get excited about that, but I'm not really looking for a job. They mentioned earlier <laughs> that life was, yeah, kind of strange. Um, oh, did I ever, did we talk, did we ever get around to talking about the, um, the, the descendant of Walt Disney who... They did, it was, it's a woman, she did an article in Atlantic Magazine about why rich people hang on to their money. I think we've touched on it a couple of times, but go ahead. Well, we probably touched on something from a different perspective, but anyway, the, the reason I bring it up isn't so much that it's news as much as this particular person did this detailed article. It wasn't like the longest, the Atlantic has really long articles, this wasn't the longest one. But it was interesting because she, she explained, you know, that, that, Rich people think like I do. They think the government doesn't spend their money well, so they want to hang on to it um, rather than give it to the government. And I kind of agree with that, except that, you know, I do pay my taxes, unlike some people. And then she also mentions that, you know, it, it it's it's hard not to fall into the trap of, of keeping your money and making more money because if you have money, you tend to have an accountant and you do what all smart people with money do and that is you find tax shelters and you take advantage of all the loopholes because that's what your accountant is paid to do, right? You're not, you know, you're not incentivized to just say, well, I, I'm, I'm going to ignore all of my possible options to avoid paying taxes and just pay my fair share of taxes. She didn't and mention... so her argument is close the loopholes because rich people be like, hey... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, she's, she's sort of, she said, she said that, you know, you have to sort of defy your conscience. Right. And she says she's like 60 years old now. And she said she sort of developed a conscience and now she's sort of turning the ship around in terms of her wealth. Um, But it's, it's interesting. She didn't talk about how the, how they manipulate uh, the legislators, you know, with, money for their campaigns and stuff in order to get favorable tax laws. She didn't talk about that, which I think is something we've talked about before too. Yes. But, but it just was interesting that yet another rich person has come out and said, it is really rigged and we really do hold on to our money and we suck. <laughs> um, but that was an interesting article. But speaking of reading, I've read two books since we last talked about books. Oh, the book club is back. The Life yes. is Hard book club where nobody reads except you. 
Right, right. I read the last two books in the trilogy. There's a trilogy, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, that's the first book, and then the second book is The Girl Who Played with Fire, and the third book is The Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. Well, it turns out that I'm in reading... the fourth these... book, The Girl Who Got Stung a Lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, the guy died. The author died, so there is no fourth book. Oh, they have uh, done... Now, here's, here's something that I can bitch about, because, you know, I love to bitch. It's actually... <laughs> It's actually what makes life hard is because I love to bitch. It's definitely what makes the podcast possible. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the, you know, the first book gives you some of her backstory. The second book gives you some more of her backstory. And of course, what you didn't get from the first two books, you get from the third book. But then, then they came out with a movie after the author, the original author was dead. And I wish I could remember names because I'd say the author's name. It's, I know it starts with an L. Anyway, um, that narrows it down. Yeah, it does. But but Lisa. after the author, the author died in two thousand four, and then they made another movie, which is actually what introduced me to the whole series because it was the new movie that I saw first, and that was the the girl in the spider's web. Okay. And um, they had a completely different backstory for her. Wait, which one is that? You just said there was a girl with the dragon tattoo, the girl who played with fire, and the girl who kicked the hornet's Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. The, this movie, so where does the spider web come from? No, no, this is a new movie that they came out with based on the character, but not by the same author. And it was never a book. It may have been a book. I didn't get the book. I didn't read the book. Okay, but it wasn't written by the same guy. No, no, and and they changed her backstory. Or girl, or whatever. Well, what pissed me off is they changed the story. Like, like they used the same character supposedly, but they changed her history. They changed where she came from and and how she came to be and what her family situation was. The only similarity was that she has like a twin sister, which she does in the book. In the original three books, she has a sister, Camilla, but. But it's a completely different story. It's a totally different story. And I was really angry when I finally got the original story. I'm like, why did they why did they have to change if they're gonna use the same character, they should stick with the same backstory. Right. Otherwise just make a whole new character. Yeah, make a whole new character. But you know, of course, like any franchise, they're like, We can piggyback onto this. She's very popular. So the the, the star of all these books is is Elizabeth Sander uh Salander. And She's this, okay, she's pretty much autistic, right, brilliant, photographic memory, you know, computer hacker, which is one of the reasons why I like the books. Um, but she has a really tough childhood, ends up, you know, being committed to an insane asylum and abused. She ends up getting, you know, brutally raped, not in the insane asylum, but after she gets out by her by her guardian, that's assigned by the state, brutally raped in, her. In the original books. In the original story, yeah. Um, in the, in the, in the, the, the new movie is kind of her dad that's raping her and her sister, which is not what it was in the books. Um, I don't know if he's, he's abusing them anyway, whether he's raping them or it's hard to say how you define your terms, but he's abusing them sexually. So he's raping them. But anyway, that, the, the, the story though, so the, the girl who played with fire, uh, I don't know that I want to read the, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, having seen all the movies, right? But but here's the here's the thing, though. Okay, this is the thing. This is where I want to go with this because I can't tell you the whole story. That'd be pointless. I love the books. I will. T- I highly recommend the books to anybody who likes you know spy novels, that kind of thing. They're they're really involved. Elizabeth is a very real person. She's 
she's kind of badass, but she's also very frail in the sense she's just a little wireframe girl and she gets, you know, she learns to box and stuff, but the point is she's not, she's not like some, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger brute type. She's just, she's just smart and she uses her brains to her advantage. But anyway, the stories are great. They really are. And, but here's the kick. Like I, I read the, the book, the girl who kicked the hornet's nest. That was the last second one, the last one I read. And after I finished it, I decided to go back and rewatch the movie because I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much more detail in this book. I mean, a ton of fucking detail. There's, just stories, you know, side stories and stuff that, that didn't even happen in the movie. So I'm like, I have to watch the movie and see if I miss something or what. I mean, like the movie starts probably a hundred pages into the book, right? It's just, it's crazy. I'm like, oh my god, they just left out all this background information. This is why you don't read the books, Doug. We've had this discussion before. No, the book is much better. This is why you read the book. Fuck the movie. But here's the other thing: is the book had lots of sex. Okay, there was just people having sex with other people all the time in the book. But in the movie, not one person had sex. Not one. Nobody stopped for sex. They didn't have time for it. (laughs) That's like saying you eat the filet mignon because it's so much better. But once you've had that filet mignon, you can't have a hamburger anymore. Just eat your hamburgers and live in the bliss of thinking they're great. And don't ever eat the filet mignon because it'll ruin hamburgers forever. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, I do. I I really love the movies. That's why I got the books. And now I realize how inadequate the movies were. How crappy the movies are. (laughs) Well, they were good. I mean, let's face it. You take a 600-page book and you boil it into an hour-and-a-half movie. What are you going to get? You know? I watched the movie for... uh, the Tale of Two Cities when I was in high school because I was supposed to read the book. And uh, I had trouble even making it through the damn movie. Well, yeah. There's no way I would have made it through that book. Well, if you no get a way. chance to, to watch the trilogy, um, any of the movies, you don't have to watch them in order or anything, any of them. I would say that not to watch... I think the, I've seen the Dragon Tattoo one, I think. It's the one where she goes off with the, um, with the journalist to to research the mister the mysterious disappearance of the uh, heiress? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Is it Natalie Portman? Is that who did No, it? no. The, the, the original... Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, it's not Natalie Portman in either one, but there's actually an American version of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and the original Swedish version. I have both of them. And they are different, but they're basically the same story. Well, I don't think I've seen the Swedish version. Yeah, the Swedish version you have to watch it with uh, either English dubbed or subtitles because it's. Yeah, I definitely didn't see that. That's too yeah. much work. If I wanted to read the screen, I'd read the book. Well, I I watch it with the dubbing, the dubbed. It just the lips don't match what's being said. Oh yeah, because yeah. yeah. that way I can pay more attention to the action and not not be reading. I hate reading. Yeah, but trust me, it would be the Cliff's Notes, not the book. There's no way it's covering all that ground, but. Anyway, so the last thing we should talk about before we jump too far into the future here is because um, we're we're way behind on this one. The, the the story of like the last week or so has been this building that collapsed, this condo building. I think like twelve stories that collapsed in Florida. Right. Um, yeah. Tell me about that because I've I've heard the headline stuff, but I don't know anything about it. Well, it's. 
It's like the why I don't know, and the well, we don't really know. the what and all that. Stuff. We don't know why. We just keep getting more information, and people, more people keep coming up with reports and pictures. So the building just collapsed for no fucking apparent reason. There wasn't a windstorm. Oh wind no, there was a reason. A... No, no, there wasn't a windstorm. There, there were some people saying that the building they were building next door was causing some, some shaking, because the the seismic activity. Of, uh, of, you know, digging. You know, the other thing to, to keep in mind here, um, regardless of what comes out in terms of the structure, structural integrity of the building, because that's one of the things that we've been getting a lot of news about. People keep coming up with new reports and pictures and stuff that say this that the building was having some issues with its structural integrity. But it's still hard to believe that a building like that would just collapse. But you've got two things going on. You've got the seismic activity next door. You've also got the fact that it was built on reclaimed land as in there was a landfill there and they built over the top of it and the this is in miami by the way this is like uh right on the coast this is actually surf something it's right on the coast it's right on the beach and the the geolo- the geology there is such that it's basically porous limestone and uh the tide literally comes up into that limestone and goes out it's it's always like eroding away so the building may mm-hmm. have just been literally uh, weakened by the fact that the ground it's sitting on, especially having been built on, you know, a landfill being built on reclaimed land, it may not have anything to do with the fact that the, you know, that it was shoddy construction or, or there had some cracks or whatever, which is what we're getting in the reports is, you know, they're saying that, you know, that they, they found cracks in the structure or whatever. Um, that may not be what did it. It may just be that the, literally the foundation was compromised by the ground subsiding, or it could be, you know the the cracks that were forming because of that, and the you know the rebar was was rusting through because when you get a crack and it exposes the rebar, this is salt air, right? It's right on the ocean, so it's going to corrode fast. But but then you've got the the building being built next door that was you know shaking it. That could have been part of the problem. But it, it collapsed at like one thirty in the morning, which obviously wasn't when they were working. I wouldn't think they were doing any major construction. People would complain if they were being kept awake all night by you know hammering. How did it fall? Did it like pancake in on itself? The part that fell did, but the whole, the, the entire building didn't collapse. Only part of it collapsed. But it stayed within its footprint? Pretty much, yeah. Wow. But it's scary though because um, we're finding more people all the time, but there's, um, you know, originally like 159 people unaccounted for. And, uh, and they keep finding, you know, more bodies. They haven't, since the first day, they haven't found any more live people. Anybody important? I mean, not that yeah. regular people aren't important, but. Well, I don't, you a- know. Anybody that w- somebody would have a vendetta against? Oh, I doubt it has anything to do with uh, any kind of sabotage. There's, there's too many reasons why this building could have collapsed. There's no need for a bomb or anything like that. Um it just was actually they're inspecting hundreds of buildings now because they're like, yeah, this could happen again, or it could be happening in a lot of places. Um, nice. So yeah, it's, it's just been like literally top of the news since it happened. And, uh, of course, Biden had to fly down there. Um, because it's, it's, I mean, they said it was like the biggest rescue effort, like you know, multiple states sending people and stuff uh, that you that they'd ever had that wasn't a hurricane. Um, so, 
It's, I mean, they're doing everything they can. And of course, people are still bitching that it's not fast enough because they want to, you know, want to find out if their loved ones are still alive. In the rubble. Right. It's, it's a terrible situation because when you're doing a rescue operation, you have to be very careful how you move the material. You can't just go in there with a bulldozer and start, you know, pushing stuff out of the way. Everything has to be removed, like lifted off. Try not to destabilize the whole thing. Right. Apparently, some some rescue worker fell like twenty five feet. I didn't say if he got injured. He probably was, you know, protected, so he probably didn't get hurt too bad. They didn't say he got killed, so but he fell twenty five feet. So, so it's a precarious kind of work. You know, you're trying not to kill anybody that isn't already dead. You're dealing with unstable, you know, rubble. And, of course, if you've ever dealt with concrete that has rebar in it, it's all those chunks are kind of stuck together because the rebar, you got to cut the rebar, and it's just a pain in the ass. So, anyway. Sounds like it. <laughs> anyway, that's kind of, uh, um, in, the, in, case, in, in, the, uh, in the news world, that's kind of overshadowed all the mass shootings we've been having, so... You know, because all the while that's been going on, people have been getting shot and run over and, you know, blown up and, well, not blown up, but it's just constant. See, life is hard. Maybe not for you, but shit everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's shit everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely getting to the point where, you know, you, you've got to wonder about the mental health of our country because... Even though I go on and on about guns, the reality is that if if nobody was willing to pick up a gun and shoot somebody, the guns would be inert. You know, they're they're not capable of killing anyone without help. Right. So guns don't kill people. People, people kill guns. people. Well, people <laughs> with guns kill people. This is an important thing. I I think that's what they leave off. That's where I, you know, part ways with the anti-gun control people. I do agree that it requires a person, but it takes both, the person and the gun. So if you've got psycho people, right, people who are unbalanced emotionally, and you give them a gun, you've just made them into a mass, you know, mass a weapon of mass destruction, right? Right. And that's the goal, is to not give guns to people who are mentally unbalanced. And the way things are going, I'm starting to think that's about 78% of the population. Oh, <laughs> uh, we guess a little higher, but that's all right. Yeah, well, I mean, we definitely need to not give guns to like 86% of the police force. They seem to be a little wacko, but there was somebody they shot recently... Trying to remember what the story was there, but it's just been it's been nonstop. I mean, I I could I could just like do pre-record a podcast for five weeks from now, and I guarantee you that I could just talk about mass shootings, and I'd be current because <laughs> because there's always like every day there's some other it, not necessarily like you know a hundred or or twenty people, but but you know three people here. Or people there, you know, just, uh, it's, I, I don't even keep track of them anymore. I've stopped. If we get the cities right, I think we'll get visited by the authorities. Yeah, there you go. We had a mass shooting in Denver on July 17th. 
Um, <laughs> the the thing is that that I don't keep track of them anymore. I quit. I quit making notes about the match unless there's something particularly unique about right. it. Like in the Which case is of sad in and of itself. I mean that it's just not enough of a story to be news anymore. Like, well, I mean, you know, yeah, it's 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 news, but it's like we talk about it so often. There's like, well, do you really want to talk about the the five mass shootings we've had since our last podcast? Yeah, that's insane. It is, but we've actually had more than one a day. The, I remember when it was relegated to postal workers. Yeah, exactly. That was like the thing. It, you know, it's, hey, do you know the post office is delivering mail on Sundays now? In some places they are, not everywhere, but yes. Oh, well, here they are. I was like confused. Like I saw the the post office truck come around and I'm like, it's Sunday. What the hell are they doing? I'm totally confused. Well, and I, I thought have... like I had the day wrong and stuff like that. And then I saw the commercial. They're like, you know, the United States Post Office changing the way business is done. We're delivering now, I have seven two words. days a week. And I have two blah, words blah, blah. for you to explain that. Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know why. But I just did not realize. Like, I don't remember any kind of formal announcement. Or, like, headlines in the news about it. It's just one day I saw the post office truck on a Sunday, and then, like I said, later I saw the commercial that's like, you know, we're keeping up with the times. We do deliveries seven days a week now. And I'm like, oh, well, that explains why I saw the post office truck. But, I mean, it's weird to hear about it from a commercial. Amazon Prime is a coup. By, By selling people a Prime membership, a, they get this continuous revenue stream, and B, people feel like if they're paying for Prime that that they want to take advantage of it, so they just they, order, order something. Yeah, yeah, they they buy everything from Amazon. Amazon is literally just wedged their way into being the provider of virtually everything that doesn't spoil overnight. Yeah, well, it is pretty darn convenient. It is, but if you think about the uh, ramifications of letting one company like Amazon provide everything, and then and then the way they provide it is also a, a sort of a logistical nightmare, right? Having all these trucks, you know, that you've got private carriers, you got the postal service, you got all these different, you got all this packaging, all this shit that's going nonstop, all day, every day, to get people these things that. You know, they used to maybe not buy all the time because they would have to plan their trips to the store. Like there was some some friction, right? It wasn't now it's just go online, click, click. Hell, you know, go online. You just tell Alexa, hey, Alexa, I need this. And poof, you know, next day. It shows oh, up. you just set off somebody's Alexa. <laughs> I hate when they do that. They do oh, that on the radio and stuff. They'll man. be like, Sorry, just tell no. your Alexa, hey, Alexa, play FM 97 or whatever. And then, you know, if you have an Alexa, it goes. Which I do well, not. And I, don't I shall either. not. I don't either. But they've tripped my Google before by saying that. Oh, my goodness. Well, sadly. Not by saying Alexa. But sadly, saying we're Google. out of time and we haven't gotten to contronyms. Have I got a minute to talk about contronyms? What is a contronym? That's exactly my point. Right, that's got to be remember, like an antonym. Or do you something. remember when we were talking about biweekly? Yeah, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but we talked about no, it we didn't. Can we can we say it on the podcast? I real think quick? we can. So we can. I don't think anybody's going to hate us for it. 
So bi-weekly means twice a week, or it could mean once every two weeks. Right, every other week or twice a week. So, so, so I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about words and stuff, and they, they brought up contronyms. And okay, I'm going to tell you, I paid attention in English class. I'm familiar with it's synonyms. It's going to be my favorite part of the podcast. Go ahead. I'm familiar with synonyms, antonyms. Homonyms, mm-hmm. you know all the, but no contronyms. Okay, so the definition of a contronym, and by the way, it is not in my American Webster's dictionary. I think they fucking made it up. But the definition is <laughs> a word that has two opposite meanings. Literally, is a contronym, like a one word that contradicts itself. That has two different meanings that are. Oh, contradictory. I see what you did there. Literally, okay, yeah, yeah. Literally is a contronym. Right, because it means both literally and figuratively, (laughs) which is stupid. There are other words that exist with this same thing. And they now, because they have a term for them, they can defend them and say, oh, yeah, that's just part of our language. We have contronyms. I'm like, we did not have contronyms when I was in school. There was no (laughs) such thing and nobody talked about any such thing. So is biweekly a contronym then? I'm not sure. I'm not sure because it really isn't the opposite meaning, right? Do, but it do does we have, have a do has, we have a list of what these things are? I don't have a list. My dictionary doesn't even have the word. But I am going to say that biweekly should be one because technically it is a contradiction. You know, every other week versus twice a week, those are two contradictory definitions. You can't right. you can't mean both of them at the same time. Um, but anyway, yes. So there are actual contra. They used one example. They used was was seed, because you can seed something, or something can go to seed. But those are anyway. They, they like S E E D or C E D E. S E E D. Yeah. Because if you seed, they they explained it. They said they said seed was a contronym because the two meanings were completely opposite. Um, here, I called up a list. Of contronyms? Uh-huh. Did you use Google for that? Yeah. Okay, because they haven't got their stores open yet, so. <laughs> I'm going to have to go visit their store and ask them for a list. That'd be hilarious if you just go to the Google store and say, can you search contronyms <laughs> exactly. for me and give me a list and I'll print it out and I'll take it home. So, uh, so I'm not going to read the whole list, but here's some interesting ones. Bill is a payment or an invoice for payment. Oh, yeah. Right. Buckle, which means to connect, but it could also mean to break or collapse, like if your knees buckle. I guess that's right. that's legit. Yep. Cleave could mean to adhere to or to separate from. Right. Uh, fix could mean to repair (laughs) or it could mean to castrate. That's true. (laughs) So I I guess they're a lot more common than we think. Yeah. Apparently another word for it is an auto antonym. I never heard of that one either. Me either. I'm, this is all getting out of hand and I'm just going to say life is hard, but it could be worse. Life is hard, but it could be worse. Life is hard, but it could be worse.